We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Datable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode is brought to you by Hired Club, where friends help friends find jobs. You guys, we all know how challenging it is to find a new job, but Hire Club makes it easy. You can post a job or refer a friend for one. You can also get career coaching with professional career counselors to improve your resume, increase your salary, or practice interviewing and more. Join today at HireClub.com. All week, we're having an Instagram contest. Follow us on Instagram at Datable Podcast, and for each friend you tag in the post, it'll count as an entry into the contest. And the prize? Two tickets for you and a friend to see Fuck Tinder, a love story, which will be at Piano Fight in San Francisco on Wednesday, March 14th. We saw the show back in February and highly recommend it. So looking forward to giving you and a friend some tickets so you can experience it for yourselves. And of course, you can just go buy tickets at f-tinder.com for this show or any of the upcoming shows as well. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to date uh, let's say a dating coach or a dating <laughs> expert, or what about being married to one? Well, our guest today, Josh, is married to someone we already had as a guest on our show, Megan Merrill, who owns Meet Foxy. She is a dating expert as well as a dating coach. And um, Josh has an interesting story. He used to be a completely different dater. How was he able to get Megan and to lock her down? That's what we're here to find out. <laughs> hey, Josh, you want to say a quick hey? Hi. <laughs> okay, let's do a little background about you because, uh, you know, we want to know everything. He's 39 years old, originally from SoCal. He's been in the Bay Area for 10 years now. And he is married. He just got married. How long ago? Uh, about three months ago. So, so I'm off the market. 
officially. <laughs> you got married in October, is that what you said? Yeah, October. In October of 2017. Yeah, yes. just this last October, uh-huh. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. And you married someone who, for a living, gives advice to people on how to date. <laughs> it's true. So all of the things that I learned in the past about dating just... I had to, you know, reevaluate what exactly I needed to do to get this girl. So let's go before Megan to after mm -hmm. Megan. So okay. AM, BM, okay? <laughs> All right. BM first. Before Megan, how were you dating? What was your dating strategy? Oh, God. Okay. So <laughs> let me go back like way, way, way back. So I'm 39 now, right? Mm -hmm. And going all the way back to like, high school and I'm not going to bore you with like everything between but just to give you a little background going back to high school I was one of those people that that like held on to that romantic idea that you know before I have sex with someone I'm going to you know wait until I find someone that I love and mm. I waited and I waited and it wasn't happening it wasn't happening and then eventually I just gave up on that and and I you could say I was kind of a late bloomer cuz I ended up not having sex until I was 24 uh, which is pretty late for a guy, especially having gone to, uh, you know, a fun party school for college. Mm. But then I started making up for lost time. <laughs> so in my my mid to late 20s, um, I, I really started um, trying to understand the dating world and trying to understand like what it takes to get the type of girl that I want. And more importantly, during the earlier years, I guess that would be mid 20s for me, trying to figure out what type of girl I wanted. And I guess for everybody in the dating pool, it's important to be able to date around and figure out what mm -hmm, you like mm -hmm. and what you don't like and what works and what doesn't and what makes you head for the hills. <laughs> so I did that a lot. As I got older and more wise, I started discovering different techniques and tools and tricks and things to help me along in my process. So I read the book, The Game. Oh. <laughs> And so, did, and so did a lot of people, though, right? Because yeah, it, yeah. it, it, it was a bestseller. It was a bestseller, yeah. It sold like, I don't I know, a million yeah. plus copies or whatever. Yep. And I also read the Mystery Method book. Oh, okay. my goodness. You and I got really out. into it. And so I was living in Southern California, and I had a big life change, and I moved up to San Francisco, and I didn't know anybody. Uh -huh. So I went on... Uh, online to do dating sites, As you know, OkCupid okay yeah. and Match and all these things. And my first thought was, you know, this isn't just going to be to hook up or just to find a girlfriend. Like I actually wanted to meet people. I wanted to use that platform as a way to sort of meet friends and sort of uh, uh, network my way into a group because I didn't know anybody right. uh, up here. And that's kind of how it started. And uh, fast forwarding, I ended up having a girlfriend, met some friends, uh, some of which were from dating sites, some were not. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm going to fast forward to like early 30s, which was kind of like the peak of my my dating time. <laughs> okay. I um, love this fast forward. Because I, right? I don't want to bore yeah, you yeah. with all no, the no, details. Just get to the this good stuff, perfect. right? It's exactly. So, um, so that kind of brings you uh, uh, through understanding the background, my mm -hmm. background, up to sort of early 30s and, and to the point where now I'm in San Francisco and I have a small group of, of good core friends and I've read the game and I've read Mystery Method and now I'm like really putting these <laughs> theories into practice to try to figure out how to crack the code, okay. right? Uh-huh. And um, Did you neg? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course I neg, but that's like level one, okay. right? <laughs> Negging like... It's like just an intro. You're like, you're so basic right when, now. <laughs> when people think about the game and, and all that stuff, all they think of is like nagging. Oh my God, are you yeah. nagging that girl right now? And essentially it's like, are you insulting her to make her turned on to you? But like, that's such a small part yeah. of okay. the whole thing. Genuinely, I think all the material in both of those books and whatever else, whatever other books follow that um, um, that topic are it's good information. A lot of it is very true and applies very much to real world circumstances. Well, it gets your confidence up. It does, and it really does work. And here's the thing: mm. the difference is intention, mm -hmm. right? So. If somebody is using these, I guess you could say powers or skills or tools 
for bad and I would consider like just random hookups and manipulative tactics to get women to sleep with you that's all bad I think that's that's horrible and that's probably what gave the game and all that stuff a bad rap mm -hmm. but the goal with that kind of stuff at least it was for me was to use those things so that I could fine-tune my ability to date so that when I meet the girl I really want I know how to get her and 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 not necessarily make her fall in love with me, but keep her interested enough so that I have an opportunity to show her who I really am. And then we can see if there's a real connection. So just a foot in the door, basically. Right. It's kind of like, um, you know, you get junk mail in your mailbox, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like what dating is, you know? You get all this, you get all this crap, or I, I mean, I guess at least for a lot of attractive women, you get all this crap, all these like approaches, all these people that are interested in let's say making a sale, right? And then every once in a while, something cuts through the clutter and is interestingly, or it's interesting enough for you to give it consideration. That's the goal, is mm -hmm. to get to that point. However, most unfortunately, most people that have read those books and used those techniques, at least that I've heard of, tend to not go further than just getting a woman to sleep with them. So um, so that's that's kind of like a common misconception, I think, about those techniques. What were some of your go-to techniques? Um, well, I guess there are these strategies, right? There are openers. There are closers. There are rapport-building techniques. There are all these different uh, tools that you can use in, in different sections of the whole process, mm -hmm. like a sales funnel, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so... When you first start learning, when I first started learning, you use the, the, the canned responses, the canned openers, like, uh, oh, God, dare I say, like the, the opinion openers. Mm -hmm. It might be like, hey, excuse me, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. Like, uh, you, you're asking a question, you're engaging in something other than, you know, hey, you're hot, what's your name, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. And um, you get them to start talking. Uh, what would be a question? Because then I would just think you want me to donate to SPCA or something. <laughs> um, well, to be honest, I can't remember like the canned ones because ultimately what you do is you take the scripted one and then you adapt your own, something okay. that works with your own personality. So I had one that I sort of made up that uh, oh, I good. called it I called it the um, celebrity look-alike opener. Okay. Because oh. I remember sometimes you actually come across someone and you really think they look like somebody. Yes. They look like a celebrity. Sometimes it happens, right? Like yep. you go up to someone and you're like, oh my God, you know who you look like? You look like so-and-so, right? Uh -huh. But I thought what would be really funny is if I said um, somebody that the person absolutely does not look like at all, just as like a funny opener to kind of make people laugh. So, but not insulting, I hope. Okay, here. So here's what I did. So <laughs> I was like, "You look like here's Lucy here's Lou. one. I'd here's, be like, "Fuck you." Here's, well, here's one thing that I here's here's what I used to say. So for you, okay, clearly mm -hmm. you're Asian, mm -hmm. um, which maybe you guys don't know because you're not seeing her. I'm not sure. But <laughs> if back then, I certainly wouldn't do it now, but back then if I saw you and I was interested in you, I might have gone up to you and been like, oh, my God, you know who you look like? And you'd be like, well, who? And I'd be like, oh, my, it's like a striking resemblance. Uh -huh. Looking at your eyes, your, your, your face, your body you look exactly like Whoopi Goldberg. Like exactly, you know? I know it sounds cheesy and stupid and my friends used to make fun of me for it, but it got a little bit of a laugh. Yeah, because I knew that you were- It got like, a little laugh. Do people these days know who Whoopi Goldberg is? I don't know. I mean, I'm 39, so <laughs> like, I, it's not like- I, This was back in the day, you ate. Oh, that's right, that's right. Look, look, the, point, right. the point was to, it was the first right? person- <laughs> It was the first person that came to my mind that was like very different from the type of girl that I would go for. You look for, like Carrot right? Top. I'm just yeah, that would be yeah, that would be a good example. So something so wacky and yeah, just ridiculous. They know you're joking. Just yeah. completely okay. ridiculous, and obviously they know that I'm hitting on them. But I'm trying to be funny, and yeah. like now I've opened up conversation. Exactly. Uh -huh. Right. Uh -huh. Giving you an and so yeah. that's I mean you could call it a line or an opener or whatever, uh -huh. but. The, the bottom line is that it got me talking to someone and then yes. I go on to the next thing, which is like, in, I don't know, I would start talking about something else, probably something circumstantial, like about something they're wearing or maybe it's where we are. 
Uh, I'm not really sure. During that time that I had just moved to San Francisco, I got so into this that Mm. I took notes, wrote them down on like an index card and would go out to bars alone because I didn't know anybody. And I just put them into practice and like, this works, check. This one didn't check. And like, I was systematically, I was, yeah, exactly. I was systematically testing different strategies to meet people. Okay. And eventually I got pretty good at it. And so now fast forward to fairly recently when I met Megan, my now wife, Ooh. Um, when I met her, uh, first of all, I thought she was hot, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized as soon as I heard that she was a dating coach, I'm like, shit, like <laughs> she's going to know every fucking trick that I have. right through you. Where did you what meet the- her? So I met her at a party like six or seven years ago and it it's kind of okay she had a boyfriend with her at the time Uh at the party i was single okay and it was one of those like overnight burner parties some place out in the woods Mm. you know everyone's dancing and on drugs and stuff and we weren't but Uh yeah kind of like that anyway so she was there with with her uh her then boyfriend and we we had a really strong connection Mm. uh, a really good spark and obviously you know, her boyfriend's right there. So yeah. I'm not I'm not a homewrecker. Right. So I'm not about to go and like, you know, screw that up. But um, apparently uh, we I, I vaguely remember this, but Megan tells it really well. <laughs> apparently we ended up in like this triangle frisbee throwing to each other. And me and her then boyfriend were like aggressively throwing the frisbee at each other. <laughs> In some sort of weird masculine attempt to impress her. Oh my god, you're like. And so we were like harder. trying to come up with like more and more creative ways to throw the oh frisbee, like god. under the leg, spin around. Oh my god. And like Megan's kind of like, what the hell's happening? And we're just like throwing this frisbee super hard at each and other. You don't remember this. I remember a little bit of okay. it, but I mean, she was just like, what the hell is happening? And I, I don't, I honestly don't know what exactly well, I was who thinking. Won. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> Okay. So um, anyway, that night we—that was the only time we talked. Okay. And then we didn't talk for six years. Wow. No communication, nothing. Like I didn't follow up with her. I didn't try to put her. I didn't try to become her orbiter, because when I remember in when I was talking with her at that party, she—I asked her how long she had been with this guy, Mm because it makes a difference. Does yep. If a girl's been in a relate, my rule was if a girl's been in a relationship for less than six months. I'll kind of hang in there. I'll kind of stay. <laughs> you have a chance. Right. Yeah. You I'll, I'll turn myself Thanks. into an orbiter because realistically, what's the probability that a rela- that a relationship that's only been going for six months is going to turn into marriage? I love this term, orbiter. orbiter. I know. That's what right? I was like, so oh, kind of stay around. You've never heard of orbiters? My planet yeah, I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. Tons of women have orbiters. Those are the guys that like act like they're friends, but really they're just waiting for an opportunity to jump in and try and start something. I call them hoverers, but I, okay. I like orbiters I like better orbiters. because it's I, like active motion. Yeah. They're like orbiting around you. Hovering is just inactive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just there. Yeah. They're just there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. So she said she had been in a relationship with this guy for, I think, like four years. Oh, wow. So, so, yeah. like, so okay. I was like, Classic okay, forget it. Yeah. Probability's high. This thing's going to, you know, stick. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste my time. Little did I know that they would end up breaking up. And we reconnected. Uh, at, I was helping her do a video project for a friend. Oh, there was a mutual friend. Amazing. And get this. The video was about guys you don't want to meet. Like <laughs> like nightmare dating scenarios. And I showed up there as a favor to another friend, mutual friend of hers. And I acted like a complete douchebag intentionally. That was my role, the douchebag. Oh, my God. Wait, did you know she was filming it? When I showed up there, I'm like, oh, my God. You didn't know that when you agreed to Oh, my God, it's it's this girl. Oh, my God. And she said the same thing to me. She's like, oh, my God, it's you. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, (laughs) But you remember each other. Yeah, absolutely. So I did it on camera, and I was a complete douche. It was, like, incredibly embarrassing. After that, I got her number and we started dating. And so she was single at this time. She was single. Well, I guess. I mean, she was dating multiple guys. Uh-huh. Okay, but she wasn't in like a long term relationship, right? When you met her the first time, was she a dating coach back then? 
Yes. Okay, so she's okay. been a dating coach in your eyes this whole so time. So let's hear yeah. about mm. the lines and how you okay. went around. Like, I'm fascinated by this is my typical approach to yeah. get a girl. I know this girl's going to call me out. What did you do? So she had heard from the mutual friend of ours that I was like this big player. And that because the mutual friend is um, someone who's been in like the polyamory scene. And so I kind of treated her like one of my guy friends. Like I would brag about my my escapades and my my, you know, glorious wins and all these things. So she had this perception of me as like mm. this ultimate player. And she told Megan that. And so Megan's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I really have a connection with this guy, but I've heard that he's like a major, major player and I need to have my guard up. And so she told me on our first date, she's like, it might've been on the phone. Uh-huh. And she was like, just so you know, like, I don't want you using any game on me. If you use any game, <laughs> this is over. Like I, I only, I, I like authentic relationships. And if I feel like this is like fake or you're acting or or trying to play a part or anything like that, then this is done. Go and I was damn. Like, I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, that's what she teaches. So, so <laughs> at that point, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, like six, seven years or whatever of all of my dating escapades. Yeah. Everything that I've ever experienced, every girl, every relationship can't None use. of it mattered. Uh-huh. None of it Your mattered. Your toolkit is gone. Yeah. Just be yourself now. <laughs> it was this ultimate irony because I had done all of that with the thought that someday I'm going to meet this perfect girl and I'm going to know exactly how to make her fall in love or help her fall in love with me. Mm. And then I'll be happy because she'll like be interested enough to get to know me. And then, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. I had to be completely and authentically myself, which is great, but I still will maintain that for most people, I assume that most people will not end up with a dating coach. For most people, there is value to being interesting and cracking through the ice uh, to start conversations so that somebody can get to know you. But did you see this as a new challenge? Because most people who are so accustomed to pick up strategies mm -hmm. wouldn't even consider pursuing a dating coach. Mm -hmm. What made you feel confident in pursuing Megan? Um, so one of the things that I learned in, uh, in reading the game and studying all that stuff is that um, it's important to, they call it inner game, mm. which is inner basically, <laughs> I know it sounds really cheesy. It's, um, it's basically just confidence and you want to have mm. an actual interesting life. You know, you don't want to go out to a bar or a club or something and have some conversation with a girl and say, like, I've done all these amazing things that are lies because then mm. you're just a, a sleazeball making up bullshit. Right. You want to actually have things that you do in your life that are interesting. And so I kind of turned all of the I'd like to think that I have an interesting life. I'm a I'm a professional photographer. I chase forest fires. I play guitar and saxophone and I've traveled all around the world. And so I use some of those things to help like, you know, create value when mm -hmm. I'm like making a line or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so instead of using lines, I just, I guess I would just be me, you know? <laughs> it sounds so, you, so simple. Yeah. Did you feel like your like tools were kind of like stripped from you? Like what was like the feeling of vulnerable. now I gotta be me? Vulnerable. It was vulnerable. Okay. Because that's like, when you're 100% authentically yourself, then you're opening yourself up for people to criticize who you are, yeah. which can be a lot more painful than somebody criticizing what you say or what you do. Mm -hmm. And that's for a lot of people, that's something that is too difficult, uh, too difficult a cost to, um, to risk. Mm -hmm. So at any point, I mean, describe sort of like your first date with Megan. Did, were you, tempted to fall back into your old ways and does she call you out at any time um i will say that i maintained a few little tricks <laughs> she doesn't she didn't call few. you out all over these just tricks. a few tell us but tell us. they weren't like crazy okay so we have this first date we met up at a sort of bar coffee shop place had a drink we were chatting having a good time and um, I made sure that I was the one that ended the date first. Mm. Okay. You know, it's like that false takeaway thing. Mm. But in this case, 
it actually was a real takeaway because I actually had somewhere I had to be and I planned the date with the thought that uh, that I could keep it authentic. Mm -hmm. I only had about two hours to meet with her. So and this was done on purpose, but it you was, still did right. have something to but you do. you did have a life. Right. So, yeah. so I had, made up, it, yeah. interestingly enough, I was getting ready to leave to go on a motorcycle trip across Columbia with one of my friends. Oh, that's interesting. That's pretty that's interesting. And I was yeah. leaving the next morning. And so when I left the date, I was like, and we had a great time. And at the end of the date, I'm like, I have to go. I really need to like start packing. I'm going on this motorcycle trip yeah. across Columbia and like, it's interesting and mm -hmm. it sounds like a line, but it's not, it was real. Mm -hmm. And I planned the date right before that so that I could drop that, you know? Yeah, so did you tell her before the date that you only had two hours or did you tell her during the date? I told her that I, I don't remember. Okay. I probably told her beforehand, like I can only meet you for like an hour or two. Yep, okay. But I really wanna see you. And also, I really wanted to see her before I left because I didn't yeah. want the momentum that we were right. having to stale out because I was going to be gone for like two weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was over New Year's. So I'm like, oh, great. You know, there's a high probability chance that she's going to meet some other guy that hits on her and she's going to forget all about me. So yeah. I got to, you know, Maximize. plant some yeah. seeds and like. So you used some of the skills, but you did it in a more authentic yeah. way. Yeah. I like this. Like I had somewhere to go because I mm -hmm. actually did have this really exciting trip planned it yeah. wasn't like a trick up my sleeve that i needed to yeah use. but does she question you on it uh i don't <laughs> think so but okay. i mean even if she did she could have just looked on facebook and seen all my that's right. true that's true you also know if someone's being authentic yeah. and not versus like making shit up yeah well she's especially intuitive oh, yeah. exactly. i mean for someone who's a dating coach she's like like borderline like psychic like she just and it's especially because very... she went in being like, I'm on to you. Like, uh -huh. I'm going to like, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, definitely. So let me tell you something else that was like uh, sort of along that thread. Uh huh. Uh, this is now maybe third, second or third date. I've gotten back from this trip and we're just like sitting in her car under the Golden Gate Bridge having like a deep conversation, which oh. I loved. And um, obviously she could tell that I was very into her and she drops this bomb on me. She's like, so... I just want to let you know that um, I'm not looking for anything serious right now. Mm. I'm not looking for a serious relationship. I've, I've had serious relationships for, I'm like a serial monogamist. And mm. this is the first time in a long time I've been single. And I just don't want you to get your hopes up because I'm enjoying being single. I'm dating multiple guys right now. Oh, damn. Okay. And I'm not looking for anything serious. Oh. If, if the right guy comes along, it's like the man in my dreams that I'm going to marry, then okay, then I'll definitely give that a chance. But I just want to be forthcoming with you. And I was like, How did okay. this make you feel? Um, well, I only had one option. And that was like, I told her, I'm like, okay, I, I hear you and I understand. Um, I, I just want to warn you that you should probably prepare yourself because you're going to be my next girlfriend. Oh. And so I, I just want you to make sure to really enjoy the time you're spending with these other guys because it's not going to last much longer. I love And she was hands. like, she's like, whoa, slow down there, cowboy. You know, like I, I just if you know what you want, then. Did she think that was a line or do you think that she thought that was It authentic? was a little gamey. <laughs> a little gamey. But, but it was also very me because if I know I want something, I'm very bold and very honest and straightforward and confident. Okay. And I genuinely thought like I have enough value in my life. I have enough confidence in my life that I can win her over these other guys. So her dropping that bomb on you just made you think, okay, I'm going to work harder to get her. Well, that's what I said, but after that, I made sure to uh, have a couple girls around that I was dating. <laughs> have I was a like, couple or or orbiters I was, of your own. I was, yeah. Honestly, I was hedging my bets. I hedged my bets to protect myself emotionally. Mm. Did you before she told you this? Did you tell her you were looking for a serious relationship? Um, what made her want to tell tell you this? Probably my intensity. I would imagine. Got it. Okay. Did you know like she was it, or were you still just like? Getting to know her and I feeling like it out. After the first date, I mean, I wouldn't say that like after the first date I was gonna marry this girl, yeah. but like after like the second or third, like she caught me like staring at her hand. This was kind of an embarrassing <laughs> thing, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And she's she's like, "What are you thinking?" And I'm like, "I don't want to tell you." And she's like, 
what are you thinking? I'm like, I'll ring tell size. you. I was like, I was just wondering what it'd be like to put a ring on that finger. Oh, <laughs> And she was like, it kind of scared her a little bit. Got it. But so that like, was part of the intensity that she's like. That's yeah. pretty intense. <laughs> it is. But, but at the were, same yeah. time, like, like if I know what I want, I'm going to go for it. And if she's not into it, then why waste each other's time? How long did you guys date for before you put a ring on that finger? Uh, One year exactly. Okay. I proposed to her on our one year anniversary. One year from the first date or one year from? One year from the date that she, uh, that we were officially together. So we dated for a little bit before we were officially together. So let's talk about that. Okay. Finding the relationship. How did mm. you get the relationship there? She was hard to get. She really was. And um, that worked? Guys like that? You like that? I liked it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Was it a game or was she just being like, it sounded like that was the mind frame she was in. Yeah. I think, um, I don't, you just never know with a dating coach. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she's she's really smart. I mean, someone who studies dating and helps people to learn how to connect, like, it's hard to get one over on someone like that. So I just reserve myself to just, you know, jump into the river and float wherever I go, you know, whatever happens. Um, so, yeah, so we're dating. There was, uh, we took a trip to Vegas. She had a work trip. I came along. I had some work, too. And um, we were really intensely into each other. And it seemed to me that it was obvious that we were going to be together and that it might even be obvious that we're going to probably end up together long term. Mm. However, we hadn't actually talked about being together yet. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting because I, you know, I wanted to make absolutely certain I don't want to blow myself out of the water yeah. and screw it up. And so I just kept waiting. And then eventually I'm like, okay, we're on this night hike under a full moon in Vegas at this place called Red Rock Canyon. Uh -huh. And there's like chirping frogs or riveting frogs. And it was this intensely romantic moment. And we're just hugging and holding each other. And I'm like, this is it. This is the spot. <laughs> uh -huh. I, you know, I've got to ask her to be my girlfriend. And I did. And it was this intensely romantic moment. And she said no. Really? <laughs> yeah. She said no. What is she, uh, what was her reason? She just wasn't ready yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. And okay. I was like, I can't believe you said no. Like, this would have been the perfect place to <laughs> yeah. say, this is where we got together. Yeah. And, um... It ended up that, and of course, I was butthurt about it. I was like, you know, why would she do that? Is she maybe she doesn't really have confidence in our our developing relationship? She mm -hmm. did, but she kind of wanted it to be on her terms. Mm. You know, she wanted to make absolutely certain. Mm. And so, uh, like two days later, after we got back from Vegas, we were both really missing each other. Couldn't even be away from each other. And she like sits me down and she's like, "There's something I need to talk to you about." And I'm like, "What?" She's like. This is this is um, this is kind of difficult, and like she was setting me up. She was fucking setting me up to uh, think I was about to get dumped. Dumped, yeah. And then she told me she loved me, and I'm like, oh my god. Wait, oh. what? Yeah, yeah. She fucking tricked me. I mean, she probably. It sounded like she was like wanted to make sure she was absolutely certain too, especially during a period that she's wow. like, I've been in all these monogamous mm -hmm. relationships, so it probably was like sometimes it's. I would have jumped to the same conclusions yeah. too. It's like hard to like wow. imagine from another side. Sometimes. So she went from no, I don't want to be your girlfriend to uh, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> In okay. two days. Interesting. The thing that is, fast she did want to be my it. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. She did. Yeah. But she wanted to like make absolutely certain. Yeah. 100%. Because she didn't really want a relationship at that time. Right. And she was going, and she told me this later. She's like, I thought if I'm going to be in a relationship, it has to go toward marriage at yeah. this point. Uh -huh. And if it's not going to go toward marriage, I'd rather just be single and have fun. Because uh, she had been yeah. in so many before. So it was understandable. And that's exactly what she said to you when yeah. she was up front. Yeah. Like, I, if it's going to be the person, it's going to be the one. Yeah. So why do you think the girl that told you to lose all the lines ended up being your wife? Yeah. It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about the latest service we have been building over at Datable. We'll be offering a platform to connect you with vetted dating experts from our network to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching to see where you're getting stuck in dating, and even ways to get real feedback about your dating style. 
The sessions typically run from 30 minutes to an hour and can all be done via Skype or Google Hangouts so you can be anywhere. We're so excited about this because so many of you wrote in asking how you can find people to help up your dating game. And this should be a great way to get personalized, affordable advice. We'll be adding more coaches and more services. And of course, let us know if there's something specific you'd like to see. To meet the coaches and book your session today, visit datablepodcast.com slash coaching. Now back to the show. So why do you think the girl that told you to lose all the lines ended up being your wife? Yeah. You know, it's like the ultimate irony, right? <laughs> For me, all yeah. the, all, like some of my friends will joke about how many girls I dated. And um, one of my friends uh, says that like my dating roster was like the United Colors of Benetton. <laughs> like, I wanted to experience everything. Yeah, I wanted a Mexican girl, a, an Asian girl, a, oh, you know, everything. I yeah. wanted to know what all the different cultures are like. Uh-huh. I'm a very curious person and, and it was a lot of fun. It really was. And so um, all of that prepared me for something that uh, I wasn't really prepared for in a way. It was unexpected but in some ways it did prepare you all the dating all the game playing Mm -hmm. all the lines built up your confidence yes to for you to be confident in yourself to then be prepared for the the right person i mean it wasn't just megan who's a dating coach but just megan in general right prepared you for her that's true that and it's also worth mentioning that at that point in time when we first got when we got together uh, I felt like my life was really in order. I felt mm, like my career was going well. That's I felt like yep. I had uh, enough money to support a relationship. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't know about other men, but for me, yep. I, I'm sure a lot of men think this way. I know yes. I always did. Uh, so I'm a photographer now, mm-hmm. right? But I wasn't always. And before I was a photographer, I had a regular nine to five job working cubicle life and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And when I switched to being a photographer... I was, I think I was like 32 or 33 when I made that jump. And that was damn scary. Yeah. To be an artist. Yeah. At 33. And you're so not relationship material at that time. Right. Because what girl wants to date a 30 something year old starving artist? Nobody. Right. At least that's what I was thinking. Mm. And so I really wanted to have my career in line Mm -hmm. and to have consistent, like good amounts of or a good amount of income that could support both myself and whoever I'm with and uh, and a core group of friends and, and have a colorful, interesting, diverse life. And that all contributes to my inner confidence. Yes. And so there is something to be said about the timing. Yep, mm-hmm, for sure. I think it's also not, I mean, yes, we're talking about you as a former pickup artist and all the lines <laughs> you use. Not but, officially. But not officially. <laughs> Take all that, you know, take that all that away. It was still you were building up your dating resume. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so important for people to just go out there and date. Even if you don't think you're ready for something, it's good to just go and practice your social skills. Know, find out what you like, find out what you don't like, um, your preferences and build up, build up your life. Even if you don't have the tools of a pickup artist, obviously you had sort of an experiment to play with, which is great too. Mm-hmm. I think everyone should be doing this, not yeah. you know using pickup lines, but experiment with what communication skills and tactics work yeah. and what doesn't. But what I liked about what you said is like you use, because I think there is something about the pickup lines. I agree. They get a bad rep, but at the end of the day, they're just a way for people to start talking. Exactly, and that's yeah. really what you were using it to do. Mm-hmm. And like building up those social skills, seeing what it would be. So I think, I mean, I think everyone goes through stages like of serial dating and then Mm -hmm. maybe something more serious. And that definitely prepares you for that serious because you know Mm -hmm. what you want, like we said. It's true. The thing is, though, like you've heard of the the 10,000 hours to master thing, Mm -hmm. like whether it's guitar playing or whatever it is. Like once you've done 10,000 hours of something, then in theory, you should have it mastered. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest issue that most people have is that they don't go on enough dates. Yep. And you need to, and maybe it's not just dates, but enough approaches. Quality dates, though, I would say. I think we encounter a lot of people who go on date after date after date, 
but they're going, they're just going through the motions, but they're not learning from these days. So yeah, so that that brings me to the second thing. So mm -hmm. there's two things. One, you need to have uh, uh, many hours of experience in dating in order to understand it. And two, almost more importantly, uh, you need to be able to look at each date or each scenario and figure out what worked and what doesn't or mm -hmm. what didn't and, and that that correction opportunity is so so key yep so megan uh runs um uh, she she runs workshops through uh meet foxy and she actually made me go through one of her workshops <laughs> oh, damn. she with, did she did <laughs> she did because she's like i want you to see what i do i want you to experience Ooh. what my clients experience because oh, a lot of like these guys it. they're not like I thought, okay, this was a big misconception. I thought the people that she would work with, work with would be like these awkward, awkward yeah. you know, geeky mm -hmm. people that I would never want to associate with. But they they're no. not. They're just like, normal people that need They're a regular people that push, maybe right? have anxiety yeah. or, mm -hmm. or they just don't remember or never learned how to approach. And so I went through this, this workshop with her. And in the workshop, there's like a section of theory where she's like teaching people how to date and how to connect and you do role play and you like learn how to essentially pick up on someone. Mm -hmm. But then there's another section where you actually go out to bars. Ah, oh, I really love it. really go I out. She takes these guys out <laughs> and uh, it's mostly guys that she works with. Mm -hmm. And she'll have them approach people in the real world and they'll come back and they'll say, she'll be like, uh, you know, you have to debrief. What was your experience yeah. like? Well, they mm. did that in the game, I remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was like a big thing of like having that feedback loop. And I think that is really helpful. It's imperative. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'm i I'm the type of person that I was able to do that on my own. Yeah. Which is, you know, in my, hopefully it's not 10,000 hours to my mastery. <laughs> but um, I was able to like go home and look at what worked and what didn't. And if you aren't able to do that yourself, it's important to have somebody Yep. to bounce your ideas off of so that you can know what is working and what isn't working for you. So did you have to go through this exercise and go and pick up people? While I was doing the workshop? Yeah. I did. It was super <laughs> uncomfortable That's for me. awkward. Because I had to go up to girls and hit on them and flirt with them and get in them interested. In front of your girlfriend. In front of her. And also, what I realized was more disconcerting to me was not the, the prospect of potentially failing at picking up a girl in front of my girlfriend, but failing in front of the guys who paid to be there. Yeah. Because yeah. if she's like, I'm teaching this workshop and this is my boyfriend who's going to be doing it with you, if he fails, what does that say about her? Yeah. So yeah, there's a true. lot of pressure. Right, okay, so here's where I, I agree. I'm totally down with the introspection. I think that everyone can learn from dates. But then my other thing is like everyone is different. You can mm -hmm. say one thing to one person and then the same thing to another and they have totally different reactions just mm -hmm. because – some people are going to jive with you and some aren't. And I think like one of the areas that probably is really how you end. I mean, I think all of it built up and probably why you really got Megan was because you were yourself yeah. at the end of the day. Fortunately, who I am does work with her. Right. And that's all that. But that's really just the connection. Like, yeah. it just yeah. doesn't work with it might not work with someone else. But that's not who you're married to. Right. But right. also you said this word intention. And mm -hmm. I think that is so important to know because we've talked to pickup artists. We've talked to former pickup artists. And one of the biggest critiques of that community is intention. Mm -hmm. And the original intention was to sleep with as many women as possible. For some people. For some people. And I think your intention, if you're authentic with your intention of saying, hey, I want to date and I want to date for serious yep. relationship, potential marriage. That's a different intention and whatever tactics or lines you use with that intention are totally fine. But in mm -hmm. that book, a lot of it was just to build confidence and like mm. people that weren't exposed to women get them more exposed to them. So isn't what's focused on in that book, but it well, was a big part of it. It was marketed to men. Let's yeah. be honest yeah. here. That's true. Men, I mean, single, lonely men want sex. It's the number one way to get them interested in it yeah. is to talk about, hey, you may be sitting at home having not had sex for like over a year, but you could get this beautiful blonde model <laughs> yeah. by right. doing these things. Right. Like it, it's a very powerful, right. you know, motivator. Absolutely. I think though that, so I go back and forth on this, but I do agree with the idea of 
in the beginning when you're just dating and you want to figure out what you like, same with online dating, they call them vanity swipes because you just want <laughs> the validation of someone who likes you back, even if they're out of your league. Mm. I think there's something to be said about doing vanity wipes, swipes, <laughs> vanity wipes, vanity swipes, and also collecting phone numbers to build up your confidence so that when you do end up with the right person, you no longer have that urge to go out and collect phone numbers or to collect those vanity swipes. Yeah. Kind of have to get that out of your system. You know what? Validation is a toxic sickness in our, our culture today. Oh, yeah, with social it's, media. I mean, I, I, don't, I won't go off on a, a, a tangent in that direction, <laughs> but just yeah. like bullet-pointed list looking at like, Instagram and selfies and and uh, and and all that stuff like validation is a dangerous thing. Yep. I mean, even go, for myself too. Mm -hmm. Like when I was guilty. doing, when I was Everyone like is guilty. deep in the pickup stuff, like I had, uh, I don't know how many phone numbers, so uh -huh. many. Like I collected them. Like, yeah, it's like you know that song is something about like jar of hearts, like collecting your jar of hearts yeah. or whatever. Your jar like, of telephone numbers. It, it's just. It, it, here's the thing, the danger of of uh, spending 10,000 hours or however many hours it takes for you to master or at least get comfortable and good at dating, the danger is that you can easily get lost in mm -hmm. the the cravings and yeah, um, the addiction, the addiction of uh, of getting validation and uh, and pseudo confidence mm -hmm. and whatnot. And it's. I don't know exactly how to prevent that from happening, but it is a real danger that can uh, uh, knock you off of your track. Mm -hmm. Totally. Okay, so from all this, what are some of our takeaways from this discussion? My, actually just two two main takeaways. One is about authenticity. So even if you want to set some boundaries for yourself on a date, like I need to end this date within two hours, you have to have an authentic reason <laughs> for ending the date. Right. And you have to have something to back up what you're doing. Um, can't be just an empty like, oh, I'm, I'm busy in two hours. Can't, oh, hey, I got, I got to get back to my friends a minute. I just wanted right. to ask you a question. It doesn't seem or authentic. Don't, up, don't upper hand it just to upper hand it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't do it for the sake of just doing it. And then the second one is about intentions. I already talked about this, but what are your intentions when you're going out and meeting people? And one of the best intentions we found is you're just wanting to meet new people. Like you were saying, having the mentality of a new person in a city is actually a great mentality because then you're kind of open to trying out different ways of meeting people, being open to just talking to anybody. So we can sort of use that sort of mindset, even in the even if you've been in San Francisco for like 10 years, it's always good to play the tourist yep. every once in a while and say, I'm just super open and new today. And my intentions are to meet new people, whether they're for romantic interest or not. Yeah, I think my takeaway is, is that everyone has their journey of how yeah. they get somewhere. And I mean, I think if you didn't have the period that you were pick up or picking up women and meeting a lot of women, all that, it would not have prepared you for where you are today with Megan. But also, I think it's important that people don't judge people for that journey. Like she could have easily heard her friend that's like, oh, player, yeah. ignore that. But who you were then isn't who you are today. Definitely. And it helped you get to where you are today. Like, I think you said a really valid point. I've heard this other place too. It's like, there was a, a male dating coach once that was like, actually be concerned with the guy that hasn't like slept with a ton of people and like dated around opposed to the guy that has, because mm. the guy that has, has gotten it out of his system. Yeah. The other guy is going to wonder what else is out there and what's there. That's, that's a really good point. And it's not universal. I'm sure there's it's some guys that don't, but yeah. it is, there is something to that. Like, I think at least for myself too, I'm like, I've done the serial dating thing. So I'm not like, oh my God, I need to like meet all these people. Like it's, if you've gotten that out of your system, you know what's, what it's like, what you're not missing and like all this stuff. So I think, yeah, like I think it's accept people's journeys, but not judge them for it. And it also sounded like Megan was also going through her own journey at that time. Oh, of yeah. Being in this all this monogamous relationships and mm -hmm. really making sure that the next person was it. So it's also being conscious of their journey. Like it sounded mm -hmm. like you were that you were like, I'm not going to orbit now, but I will stick around, even though she's like, I'm not your girlfriend. And mm -hmm. then she came around. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
my uh, I guess takeaways that I'll leave. Yeah. Uh, are and and this is something that I've learned from Megan uh, mostly is number one, be authentic. Yes. Be who you really are because if you the moment you start acting like someone else or trying to do things to appeal to certain people, you're gonna attract people to a personality that you aren't yeah. right you want to cut out the people in your life that are not interested in who you really are yes if who you really are isn't interesting to someone don't waste your time trying to get them because mm -hmm. they don't jive with you right you want someone who likes who you are and what you do no matter how geeky or dorky or awkward or strange it is yeah. so don't try to be someone else. Try to be yourself as much as you possibly can, totally. no matter what the cost. Um, that's number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, I'll say, uh, if you aren't capable of going out and meeting people on your own, then uh, maybe you should hire Megan. Or <laughs> you guys There's can be a husband, husband and wife team. <laughs> I love going out with my married friends because they're constantly pimping me out. When I was single, That's true. I would always go out with my mar married friends. They, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? But I think sometimes there's something about having that, like, accountability of a group. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you were able to do it on your own, but not everyone is. So, like, mm -hmm. it sounds like going out to bars with a group of people that you just mm -hmm. learn some stuff with is a good way to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think to your accountability, my last thing was, like, even these pickup lines, right? If you're going to call them that, I'm going to air quote that. But it's, you still found a way to make it something that felt authentic mm -hmm. to you. Like you weren't going to just use the generic one because it wouldn't have felt natural. Right. Yeah. And I think people can tell if you're just like using something to open a conversation versus something that's very rehearsed and like mm -hmm. done. So I don't think the takeaway is like don't use any out of the box pickup line because sometimes like they do open the conversation, especially this day and age when no one's talking yeah. in real life like it is kind of refreshing if someone came up and was like you look like Whoopi Goldberg so mm -hmm. if that jives for you and right? I don't recommend that anybody uses that like that was a little cheesy and it wasn't like the authentic no, stuff we're gonna go out say. tomorrow and it's gonna be like all these guys using that line and then they're like, all like who's Whoopi Goldberg, yeah, yeah. Don't, who's Whoopi Goldberg? don't use that just be yourself <laughs> or yeah I I do think that um the person, the person that you eventually end up with is the person who does challenge you and the person who your normal way of doing things may not work on mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would argue that if Megan didn't tell you in the very beginning to throw away all your tactics and strategies, mm -hmm. and if she wasn't a, a, a dating expert, you probably wouldn't like her or you wouldn't have pursued as hard because there was really no barrier to entry. Maybe. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the student trying to, to get the teacher. It's like a formidable opponent yeah. in yeah. a way, a challenge. And I've, I've never shied away from a challenge. Or I don't think, I still don't think your connection would have been as deep. Yeah. That's where mm. at least, I mean, it's hard to know, obviously mm. we didn't see how it played out that way, but it sounds like, you're able to finally be like, I gotta just be myself and be vulnerable with this mm. girl. And that's yeah. ultimately what led to a marriage, so. Yeah. I think it's about um, this last takeaway, and you said something that sparked this for me, Julie. It's about like these quality dates that we need to focus more on, not just dating for the sake of dating, but every date you should have takeaways from it. And during the date, you should think about how do I move this date forward? Even if you don't see romantic potential, how do I move this conversation forward in which I'm going to get something out of it? I'm going to learn something out of it. Um, what we hear a lot of times is people go through the motions and they ask the same questions, talk about this exact same shit on dates, and they, they walk away going, I don't know how I felt about that date. They become ambivalent. And we don't want... Um, it's about quality over quantity. So yes, go on all these dates to find out more about yourself, to learn about other people, but make sure they're quality dates and you're taking away something from them. Perfect. Awesome. Do we have time for a quick question of the day? Yeah, let's do it. This comes from Jason. How do you know when it feels right to approach a pretty girl in a situation that appears to be uncalled for, such as a bus stop, grocery store, or another place where people generally are doing their own thing? Any okay. thoughts? I definitely have thoughts on that. Uh, 
in in response, I will pose another question. What makes that scenario uncalled for? Yeah, that's who, a good who decided that. Who decided that was uncalled for? True. I don't think there's any scenario where it's and unless I mean, if you're at a funeral, <laughs> that might be yeah. kind of a bad place to pick up on someone, but maybe it wouldn't, depending right. on the scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that uh, uh, the, we shouldn't create limits like that. We shouldn't create these uh, rules for why you can and why you can't approach. I think uh, if you're curious about someone, harness that curiosity and go and talk to them. Yeah, I agree. There's so many times, and I'm guilty of this too, that I'll be like, oh, like, I'm going to meet someone if I go out tonight to a bar, but I don't Mm -hmm. think about, like, every other interaction I've Mm -hmm. had in the day. And it's like, why does it just have to be, like, this one time of the Mm -hmm. day when you're, like, not even natural, right? Like, these other times, like, this is, like, your life day to day. So I totally... In fact, the bus stop, the store, walking down the street, wherever, those places, you're going to have probably more quality interactions with someone than at a place like a bar anyway. Yep. And it's probably in terms of like lines or ways to approach them. Do you have any suggestions? At a bus stop? Say a bus stop, yeah. Uh, So in this scenario, Jason sees a hot girl at a bus stop and is she waiting for a bus? Yeah, she's waiting for a bus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just making this up. (laughs) Or she's um, waiting to be approached by Jason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Say she's waiting for a bus. I don't know. Maybe he sits down and, and says, you know, where are we going? I don't know. <laughs> I, it, honestly, like, it doesn't really yeah. matter what you start with. As long as you're, you're uh, uh, you don't come off as creepy. As yes. long as you're like, you know, you're friendly, you're smiling, you're genuinely curious about them. You know? I find the best way to... Um, start or open a conversation is to have some sort of prior knowledge they may not know. So even if you're making up, for example, if you see someone at a bus stop and you want to talk to them and they're sitting there, it's be like, you know what? I wouldn't sit there. I saw a homeless man peeing there yesterday. Like something that makes it seem like I'm, I'm offering you some sort of knowledge and I'm opening up this conversation. I'm also helping you, even if it's just not real. <laughs> if, it, if it were me, like after maybe a couple minutes of, of just chatting, sitting like at the bus stop, presuming they're sitting or something, I might be like, you know, th- there's one problem with this bus route. It, it doesn't seem to be going to uh, this particular restaurant. And I really would like you to go to this restaurant oh, with me, maybe whoa. for dinner. And I don't <laughs> think the bus goes there. So we got a situation here. I like here. it. I oh like it. I like it, though. We got a situation. <laughs> I would be like, and what's your name? <laughs> but I remember, like, I had a friend that was, like, recently single. He was a really good-looking guy. He's like, what do I say to girls? I'm like, honestly, just, like, say hello and just don't be creepy and you'll do okay. Like, mm. I think there's... It's interesting. This whole conversation, too, is opened in. We've heard on the podcast, too, just like the inner dialogue that men have that us as women sometimes don't see and take for granted of like trying to like get a leg up on other men and like approach women like there's all of that. And I think it's really fascinating. But I mean, I'm not going to speak for men because I'm not a man, but like I think women are receptive as long as it's not creepy if they're into what mm-hmm. is in front of them. And for people in general, not just for women, but I, I mean, we hear from the women, from women the most women say, Oh, men don't approach me in the city. They're just not aggressive like other cities. Well, I would also say let's do our part and make ourselves more approachable it, yeah. in this situation. It shouldn't be all Jason's responsibility to go up and talk to this girl. The other girl should also make herself available to be talked to or approached if she were open to it. So for one example is I always say pay attention to what people are wearing or or bringing with them. People who tend to have kind of like, let's say, words on their shirt are much more open to being approached than people who are wearing all black. That's like their I don't want to talk to anybody mode. So that's just if you find ways to open up the conversation, there's you can always look for something. And if you want to be approached, try to wear something that mm. could open up the I didn't know the, the all black uh, outfit was the sh- the shield. The all black <laughs> is like you become invisible or you become kind of part of the background. Yeah, but if you're that. wearing like let's say a collegiate sweatshirt from your 
from your, I don't know, from where you got your master's or from your um, mom's college or whatever it could be, right? That's a great way to, for someone else to come up to you and be like, wait, you went to, did you go to MSU? I, you know. So I think this is a great time to mention that I used to go out to bars in the marina wearing a three foot tall pink flamingo hat. There you go. That would open up the conversation. Amazing. Did women come up to you all the time with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. Wait, didn't Mystery wear like this top yeah, hat? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. You were channeling your inner mystery. It was my inner goofball, really, because it was basically saying, I don't give a fuck. I don't care what you're supposed to wear. I'm just having a good time. And it's a that's conversation it. starter. I, it is. People... I, have, I had a whole drawer full of hats. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the end of the day is like just give people an excuse to talk to you. Exactly. And I would say, just to be fair, because you guys can't see Josh. Josh, how, how tall are you? 6'5". Okay. So you're you're already going to be getting attention wherever you go. Plus Literally. the flamingo hat made me like seven <laughs> even, feet tall. Even taller. So I would say that for those of you who may not be as tall as Josh, it's harder <laughs> to get, get a that larger flamingo hat. <laughs> there you go. Still. Um, but you can find other ways of wearing something, carrying something that could open up that conversation. Or maybe advice for Jason wear something. Like if, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, how about a bus, be... bus driver uh, outfit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have to be reactive. He could still be proactive too. But if he had something that he was wearing, it could, even if he started the combo, it could give someone something to bounce back on. I bet, I've definitely seen collegiate sportswear gear, like a hat or a sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. Those work really well. And I t anytime I see someone from Boston, exactly. I talk to them. If I'm interested or not, it doesn't matter. It's it just doesn't like, matter. Yeah. I, if I see someone wearing like a Cal hat, I'm always like, go Bears. Even though the city, there's like a million of us. Right. It doesn't yeah. even matter. And for Jason, uh, that all that stuff works and it makes it easier. But the backup plan to go back, uh, going back to being truly authentic is if you were to walk up to this girl at the bus stop and told her exactly what you were thinking, fully being honest, that would work too. For yeah. example, going up to her and saying, hey, I know this may seem a little weird, a stranger coming up to you at a bus stop, yeah. but I saw you from uh, down the road or whatever, and I thought you were really pretty, and I wanted to come and say hi. Mm -hmm. That's very obvious. It's true. Yeah. It's not game. It's not a line. No. It's, I assume, what he was thinking. Yep. And by being completely honest and straightforward, mm -hmm. girls will appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I love it because it's complimentary. It's also not, you're like basically asserting yourself as a non-creep, which is like the main concern that a lot mm -hmm. of people have. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Okay, those are great takeaways. And Jason, keep us updated on what happens at the bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Josh, for coming great. on our yeah, show, telling you. us telling us the story. I'm going to get the other perspective from Megan one of these days. Cool. <laughs> can I, can I uh, mention her company? Oh, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, let's plug Megan. Megan's company is called Meet Foxy. So if any of you are looking to use utilize her dating coaching services, it's meetfoxy.com. I mean, I think that... F-O-X-I-E. That whole group idea. The workshops. Doing the workshop and then yeah. actually going out in real life to bars. That's amazing. I learned stuff. I yeah. thought I knew it all. I don't. Yeah. I don't. It was it was very enlightening. Mm -hmm. For sure. Awesome. Okay. And then listeners, if you um, want to, you know, hone in on your communication skills or even just dating skills, definitely tap Megan and her husband, Josh. <laughs> I really think you guys should, should be a husband. Maybe I'll wear the flamingo for wife. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or just lend it out. Yeah, <laughs> that could be your... <laughs> it's a new business. I'll lending tell you where to buy flamingo. one. Lending, a flamingo, lending conversation starter gear. Oh, my God, this guy, I remember in Hayes Valley, had like a little pig. Like the little oh, yeah. tiny pig. And I've never seen more women swarm oh, this guy. Sure. I was like, we should start a business of rent the pig. Somebody no rents puppies here in Ugh, San Francisco. It's so smart. So smart. It is smart. Although it's kind of a little like... I know. Douchebaggy. Yeah. Well, like, you know what? So I was at the cafe. Depending on your intention. It depends on... <laughs> exactly. Going, going back to authenticity and intentions. I was at a cafe with... Our friend Chris Wilson, who's been on the show, and I went in to get coffee, and he was outside with my dog Mojo. And I came out, and literally three girls were hovering around him, like, "What's his name? What kind of breed is he?" And it was just so natural because Chris could be like, 
that's actually not my dog. My friend is in there getting coffee, but I'm guessing he's like some sort of Lhasa Apso. Yeah. Uh, but I would love to get a dog of my own. And then it really just opens up that mm. conversation. So if anybody wants to rent Mojo for the day, um, <laughs> I, I have to vet you first, but I'm willing to do that. <laughs> All right. And also we're still looking for guests for season six and season seven. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, just reach out to us and uh, we'll wrap this up now. Stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to go out in public and devote one hour to talk to as many people as possible. Now, not just talk to them, but find different ways of opening up the conversation and keep it authentic. This episode is brought to you by Hired Club, where friends help friends find jobs. You guys, we all know how challenging it is to find a new job, but Hire Club makes it easy. You can post a job or refer a friend for one. You can also get career coaching with professional career counselors to improve your resume, increase your salary, or practice interviewing and more. Join today at HireClub.com. If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with dateable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode.